0: blue and white brothers the podcast all about penn state football
1: conversation and commentary from a fan perspective i'm tom gaffman and i'm andy gaffman and we are the blue Blue and white White brothers
0: Brothers.
1: (laughs) two brothers two takes one one team hey bro uh happy november man happy november andy
0: yeah. Good, good to be uh, here. Thanks for good having to be, me yet again.
1: Yeah, good to be out of October. If you're a Penn State fan,
0: <laughs> man, yeah, I guess uh, we haven't seen a win since uh, the second day of October. I think yeah, it's been a while. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: so happy, ha- happy, Halloween. Yeah, thank you. Uh, did you did you do anything for Halloween? Um, it's actually. Technically, I did. I was in... Technically, you did? (laughs) Technically. I mean, I didn't do it, but um, the Trail Angels house where I last recorded from, later in that week... uh, they had a neighbor that had like a drive-through spooky little like display that they I mean this thing was like set up with like uh, You know timed musical and lighting like choreography and stuff with all these crazy things they had in there uh, in the, on their property so me and my hiking partner drove through in her mom's car that, that was uh, Her mom was also down there, but not in the car at the time we were getting we were getting supplies for our uh, Zion Traverse uh, in which we hiked 60 miles across the Zion National Park Park over the last three days, that uh, finished um, literally 30 minutes before the Ohio State kickoff. So, yeah, man. Uh, so, I, so I got a little uh, Halloween stuff going on um, on the uh, the Wednesday before Halloween, and uh, yeah, it was good. It was fun. Awesome.
1: We did um, our our uh, my kids are getting to the point where they're too old for going trick or treating. Um but um our neighborhood we've got a lot of
0: families and I so I feel like that, you're never too old to go trick or treating. I feel like if you just well, power through, you can get candy from anyone you want. Yeah, well there're definitely some people that have that
1: attitude. <laughs> you know, it's like when you like, you know, get trick or treaters that are bigger than you, it's like hey yeah, uh, take what you want, man, you know. Those but, are straight up tricksters. Not yeah, trick or treaters <laughs> tricksters. <laughs> but uh, no, it was a fun night. Um I dressed up as uh, Woody from Toy Story. Which, um, interestingly enough, is a huge hit with the under three crowd.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what a huge hit for the over uh, 33 crowd is? My girlfriend going into my wardrobe while I'm not at home in Denver. I saw that. Going through my wardrobe, (laughs) putting all the most ridiculous articles of clothing on that I possess... And then spending four ninety nine dollars at the costume shop for a giant brown beard and just wearing my clothes and that beard and literally behaved, acted, uh, represented uh, me as I wasn't there and just, you know, kind of just ran the show at, at this uh, Halloween party at my friend's house. And she was a big hit. She it's came pretty prepared, awesome. She came prepared with, uh, I think, 30 of those one little uh, shot uh, bottles of Fireball and just oh my was force feeding them to everybody, which is what I would have done, you know, <laughs> force feeding them to all the people about the party. And, and and whenever anyone said no, thank you. She doubled down, tripled down, just like I would and and guilt them or shame them into drinking it. So, yeah, Halloween was great for me and my um, avatar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, for 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 me, we it was. I
1: mean, I don't know if it was Sunday night or um, we just had a storm come through um, yesterday or like, the day before yesterday. Uh, we didn't get a lot of trick or treaters, and this led to the situation that I'm in currently. You have too much
0: candy on hand. I have a tremendous amount. You need of to Halloween give that away. Candy. You need to give that uh, away. You can't go into November in a deficit with candy and and with with Thanksgiving know, on the horizon.
1: Thanksgiving is on the horizon. You got to get
0: rid that candy man don't look at it as an opportunity to sneak candy in get rid of it get rid of it oh by the way so so real quick i'm also on location again no longer in utah i'm now in nevada i'm actually in las vegas um i got into las vegas yesterday morning around 11 a.m and a good marine buddy of mine whose house i'm at right now uh him and his wife uh picked me up and uh yesterday got a (laughs) <laughs> got got to hit the uh, the casino real quick and made a quick hundred dollars at the roulette table and got out with my, all my money and and then some and so 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 far this Las Vegas trip has gone great for me uh, other than the fact that we're coming off a third loss in a row uh, life is good outside of that and uh, I'm gonna get some hiking done and, and some dunes later today um, so so being that I'm on location um, the internet situation and 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 holding the microphone yet again are things that you will have to be dealing with there's two dogs here um, there are people working on their lawns. Uh, and landscaping outside my window slightly so uh just bear They're with me a, f- a
1: flight path overhead right
0: <laughs> exactly yeah exactly so, um, so bear, bear with me here as i'm still on location as, as it as it were
1: well um yeah man we'll bear with you and and glad we can make the connection and thanks to your friends for uh giving you space and uh internet coverage to oh, make it yeah. happen. great
0: host great host appreciate um, that for letting me do this <laughs>
1: So like I said, we, it is November 1st here, Monday, um, Eileen's birthday month, uh, looking at Thanksgiving in the uh, weeks ahead and maybe maybe turning the page for uh, Penn State football. Um, so we'll be talking about that in a little later, a little later in the uh, episode, uh, but here's what we got coming up for you, uh, news and notes. Um We're going to do the Ohio State uh, loss breakdown. Uh, We're going to. Postpartum? um, The postpartum depression. Yep. (laughs) The
0: The postpartum depression.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like you said last week, that's awesome. Uh, We we do have a mailbag for you uh, on the heels of that Ohio State recap, and then uh, we'll look at Maryland, our next opponent. Um, But um, let's start, uh, as we tend to do these days, with some news and notes. And notes. Yeah, so um, a lot going on uh, around the the scene in, in college football. We'll start nationally, um, and then we'll talk about the Big Ten. Some big, gonna have big to, things uh, going on. Take my game.
0: lead from you in this, obviously, Andy. The only game I was able to watch all weekend was actually our Penn State and Ohio State game. Uh, I was not able to catch any of the other uh, action um, on the day, and, and there was a lot. There was a lot of action, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, there was there was a lot of stuff going on. I mean, we're really in the in the thick of the thing, uh, you know, and um, uh, things are becoming clearer, um, p- particularly uh, toward the top of the standings. Um, George of is course, rolling. Uh, George is just yeah. Rolling. George, George is rolling. They they seem to be the most complete team right now. Um, they uh, they had a close game against Florida for the first. 28 minutes of the game, <laughs> three nothing, and then um, over the course of the last two minutes of the half, uh, Georgia got 21 points to close out the half, um, largely due to Florida turnovers. Uh, they had a pick six in there, and then two other turnovers that led to uh, points on the very next play after the turnover. It was it was just an onslaught, and that that was basically the game. Uh, there's no way Florida was coming back from that unranked Florida lost 34 to seven
0: rumblings of the Dan Mullen uh eventual firings uh going on the, the the fan base is not enjoying what they're seeing from their their Dan Mullen uh, savior uh, over these last few, yeah, several I think Florida games.
1: Florida is now um, 4 and 4 it's not the season they were hoping for. I
0: mean they were um, in the top they were in the top 10 top 7 at one point and um I mean, they were thinking big things this year. They were thinking real big things and their their offense was rolling at one point now they're just sputtering. And uh you know, that that could play a role in the the coaching uh, carousel l- down the line, but hey, Franklin's you know, only got 3 losses right now. I you know, Florida with 4 losses at this point in the in the year it doesn't it doesn't look great for them right now.
1: Yeah. Um uh, you know, and of course, um a team that's having the sort of season that they were hoping for is number two right now, which is Cincinnati. Um, they they also started in a tight game over unranked uh, Tulane, kind of a, a a nobody team at this point in the in the season, uh, but they pulled away to win convincingly, thirty one to twelve. Um, it'll be interesting to me, Tom, to see if those. Um, those rankings hold, uh, especially number two, Cincinnati. Well,
0: Um, I mean, especially because it's the CFP college football playoff poll. The committee is coming out with their poll on Tuesday, tomorrow. We're recording on Monday as usual. Um, So will Cincinnati even be in that top four, according to them, it will be, to me, it'll be a travesty if they're not in the top four, um, because if the, if that's the team, if that team can't get in the top four, I don't know what team that's like a Cincinnati that's outside the, the you know, the power five, what team can get inside the top four.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and um, you know, I mean, obviously Cincinnati would have to win out. They Well, they would have they no have way
0: to move up if they're not in. You know correct. what I mean? They have no p- opponents left on their schedule that are like going to be, unless unless it's potentially Houston in the champ their conference championship game, I guess. But you know, and by the way, Houston beat their undefeated uh, um, opponent um, SMU. I think there yeah was, so that was
1: a that was another upset um SMU undefeated number 19 lost uh to unranked Houston um uh the, a couple other upsets around the college football uh this weekend um, number 12 Kentucky who'd only lost to Georgia uh dropped one to unranked Mississippi State Mike leach um, put some offense together um, uh, Kentucky meanwhile uh, couldn't keep up it was a 31 a to 17. Yeah,
0: it's a a letdown letdown game, right? A big letdown for Levis. I mean, think about this. If Levis had come in in relief of Clifford and beaten Iowa. What could have been? (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, now Kentucky possibly getting knocked out of the the top 25 at some point if they lose another. And instead, you know, Levis could have been keeping Penn State as a top four team. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, a- another one of those sort of
1: dark horse teams, uh, number 17, Pitt, only had lost one early on, um, but they couldn't follow through with their um, promise to-, to win the ACC, and they lost to a woeful Miami team, 38-34. to
0: Nard-don't-see. <laughs>
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know where that puts them in the standings, but certainly um, losing to Miami like that um – is not going to do wonders for their ability to, um, you know, make it to the college football playoff, much less um, win the ACC. So um, we'll see. The we got everyone's got like four or five games left, but um, you know, it looks like Pitt is not going anywhere significant. Um, another uh, loss this weekend, ranked team to unranked um, Iowa State, uh, who is ranked number twenty-two going into the weekend, um, lost to unranked West Virginia. Uh, Thirty-eight to thirty-one. Um, now there w- there was a, a another upset that actually you know partially relates to Penn State. Um, number eighteen Auburn upset number ten Ole Miss uh, to keep Auburn's SEC hopes alive. Um, they only have one loss in the SEC. Their second loss, obviously, coming to Penn State. Um, and um, you know Auburn has a chance to win the SEC West if they keep. Winning
0: and that dude, uh, interesting. I think I think um, what 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 did he, what did he, he threw for like some serious yards in that game. Their their quarterback, Bo Nix. Bo Nix, yeah, I think he he was like where was it here I have, I have it right in front of he threw for 276 yards one touchdown no interceptions um, and then of course uh, Tank Bigsby ran for 140 yards uh, with a 6.1 average uh, clip and and Bo even added himself two rushing <clears throat> excuse me two rushing TDs on 30 yards rushing as well so Bo Nix had a th- over 300 yards total per game when you factor in his rushing and was 22 of 30 for those uh, those passing yards so he, he had a remarkable Game against, by the way, um, I think he was potentially the Heisman front runner at going into the Matt game. Corral. Matt Corral, yeah. So yeah. and he With didn't the- throw any touchdowns and threw one interception as well. And then even I think they the backup uh, Luke Altemeyer, actually had to come into the game for some. I, I don't know. I don't. Know, I think maybe Corral got knocked out for a couple plays or something like that. But. Um, Anyways, uh, I didn't get to watch it. Yeah, so Auburn,
1: on the heels of that victory, uh, they had sort of took the biggest leap forward in the polls, um, moving up six spots. They're they're now sitting at number 12, just outside the top 10, uh, most highly ranked two-loss team at the moment. So, Mm -hmm. um, meanwhile, the rest of the top 10 stayed largely the same. Except for, and we're going to move to the Big Ten now. Michigan State, who who leapt three spots into the top five, Michigan State now eight and zero after a come from behind victory against uh, number six Michigan. Uh, Michigan State previously ranked number eight, so um, you know Michigan was favored in this game. Um, But the uh, John Harbaugh, excuse me, Jim Harbaugh futility continues, uh, giving up. you, you know, <laughs> A pretty significant lead to Michigan State, who came uh, storming back in the second half. Um, they won it with a walk-off interception to seal it, uh, shutting down a last-ditch effort uh, by Michigan uh, to to get back in the game. Um, you know, we were just talking about uh, Matt Corral as sort of being the the number one Heisman candidate according to a lot of folks, but um, Michigan State won this largely on the heels of, of I think a lot a lot of people are thinking now is a serious Heisman contender and Kenneth. He- Walker, he's, he's definitely
0: third. Kenneth Walker, the third. He's definitely going to get an invite to to New York. There's like no way he's not. There's no way he's not, in my opinion. Um, he so there's this there's like this. Uh, it's the it's the um, it's the most rushing touchdowns against the top 10 team in since like 31 or 51 or some something like that. But what it also is that I learned is it's the first time ever that Michigan has allowed a running back to score five touchdowns on the ground. Wow. For some ever Michigan has ever done that. It's so. also
1: the most um, a a Michigan State running back has ever run against Michigan. He had yeah. 197 yards on 23 carries. Like you said, five rushing touchdowns. Um, it was crazy it was quite the performance um I, I ended up watching a lot of that game and um yeah I, I mean you gotta feel good for Michigan State they're a team that was way down last year they've been down for a number of years and um it, you, you know you, you thought the Mel Tucker era was was off to an inauspicious start by the way in uh, Michigan State
0: you, inauspicious. Love words.
1: you love words I love words i English major words on my life.
0: Well, so <laughs> anyway, so so um I mean just, you know, basically the Heisman race and not that we need to get into the whole Heisman trophy situation too much, but basically this year is has been devoid of a Heisman trophy Statement performance, and I think this was potentially the first one of the season. Especially yeah. at, you know now that we're two thirds of the way through the season. Top
1: right? ten matchup, two undefeated yeah. yep. teams vying for dominance in the Big Ten, and yeah, and it, it, was, was a, it, was. And it was it was, it was a great
0: game. It was an amazing yeah, performance. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's being regarded as probably the be, the best the best uh, game of the day by far. Um, one of the best
1: games of the season,
0: probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yep. so by and by the way, when it comes to Big Ten running back um you know just in terms of like uh some of the great performances of of and season history this this performance uh, this season for his uh from walkers is on track with like you know a, a jonathan taylor a saquon barkley a melvin gordon monty ball mike hart chris perry larry johnson you know and those guys all um that i just listed there in the last, uh, say you know, twenty years or so, we're all at uh, in New York, and we're we're um, or at least it, they were in the top five of voting. Let's put it that way. Uh, and so, through the first two thirds of the season, he has almost twelve hundred yards rushing and fourteen touchdowns, and and that's that's on pace with some of those guys that I just listed there that were that were you know ranked in the top five um, when it came to the Heisman Trophy voting
1: yeah and um this is a another transfer player
0: um uh, did he came from wake forest i believe is that correct uh, I actually don't know the answer to that. I'm not entirely sure. I, I mean, that, that would make sense because what Mel Tucker did when he came in was just like, hey, you know, like uh, just kind of like what Shiano did, just getting transfer portal players. Now, I, I didn't watch the game and I haven't actually watched a Michigan State game, the, the broadcast um, at all this year. So I haven't been able to like catch up on all the ins and the outs of, of, of a team like Michigan State. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a, a transfer player. No,
1: he's definitely a transfer. I just can't remember where he's coming from.
0: Unclear, but um, yeah, but and and by the way, case, Wake Forest is the top-rated and uh, un, an undefeated team in the ACC with a their quarterback Sam Hartman as a dark horse or potential dark horse uh, for you know winning the Heisman Trophy. <laughs> um, so all sorts of craziness going on
1: around college football. Um. Uh, Back to the Big Ten. Um, run down just some of the other scores. Um, uh, two common opponents for Penn State playing each other: Wisconsin and Iowa. Iowa still ranked number nine. Wisconsin just spanked them, twenty-seven to seven. Shocking, I
0: mean, shocking. I mean, what's that's, gone? That's like, well, that's basically like what's going on with the Big Ten right now. You know, like, yeah. it's it's just kind of like question marks with how this thing's going to end up. You know, like Penn State looked like the most complete team in in the Big Ten three four weeks ago. Right? You know? Right? Just, I mean, I guess, obviously, that was Except incorrect. for our running game. Yeah, right. <laughs> but but they seemed to be. I mean, like, after the Auburn right, win, we were just right. like, oh, this team is on on a roll, you know? And that's yeah. what they thought. And, and then they're like, oh, okay, um, Michigan's on a roll. And then, boom, Michigan State happens. Or, like, Iowa's on a roll after beating Penn State. And then they put the dud up against Purdue. And then they go and beat, you know, Wisconsin ends up beating Iowa. And you're just like, what's going on? Because Wisconsin looked like the most dreadful team in the West at one point. So, it's just it's anyone's guess at this point who, who's going to win that, that division, and it's anyone's guess who's going to win the Big Ten, as I'm sure everybody thinks Ohio State is going to. But, you know, with Michigan State coming on, a powerful running attack against Ohio State could be the, the medicine for, for, be, for, for topping, you know, toppling the, the Death Star in, in, in the Big Ten.
1: Yeah, um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens these last uh, this last month of the season. Um, you know, there, some some of the sort of middle bottom feeding teams. Uh, quick updates: Rutgers, huh, they beat Illinois. Doesn't feel so good to be Penn State when you just lost to Illinois with Rutgers coming up. Uh, it's a close game, twenty to fourteen. Thanks but, for that reminder. Uh, yeah, my goodness, um, Maryland, um, they they. Played a team that we handled quite easily. Um, Indiana. Um, they they beat them uh, thirty eight to thirty five. So it was a close game. But Maryland also beat Indiana. Indiana season continues to sort of skid along the bottom. Um, Minnesota. Um, they're quietly now the, the number one team in the West. They beat Northwestern um, forty one to fourteen. They're now four and one in the Big Ten. Um, finally Purdue beat Nebraska 28 to 23. Nebraska I mean, has only one big 10 win this
0: is, year. Is Scott and that going to get a, canned after this. I don't I mean, I mean, like, I don't know. How does he hang on for another year after this? Like I, I they, he was almost getting it going this year and then they just put up two two more duds. Essentially. Wow. It, it, yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to know. Um, I, I, it's
1: hard to know what to say about Big Ten coaching decisions or or college football coaching decisions. It feels like a weird year. It does feel like a weird year. Well, let me just put it all into perspective here in the Big Ten, though. Um, The standings are, check this out, uh, Minnesota atop the West um, followed by Wisconsin Purdue and Iowa who are all three and two
0: and is there any is there any tiebreaker between those three well like, are they all kind of like round. not
1: worth worth? I mean yeah. Iowa has a better overall record um, I I don't know what the tiebreakers are but you know um, Minnesota has a has a you know a one game lead against each of those Teams and and the, the fate is in their hands, you know. Um, meanwhile, in the East, uh, Michigan State and Ohio State are are sitting atop the East. Uh, Michigan State w- with the last remaining undefeated team uh, in the Big East, Big Ten, um, sitting atop the East. They're both five and zero in the conference, and uh, obviously they'll be playing each other here in the weeks ahead. Um, yeah, and that leaves Penn State uh, with our loss this weekend, tied for fifth. In the East, with Maryland at a two and three conference record, so a lot
0: of similarities between our two teams uh, on paper. At at least, I think I think the eye test would say that Penn State's probably the better team. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but uh, on paper, yes, uh, we're sitting there tied for fifth at the moment.
1: Yep, last little a bit of news is that uh, the coaching carousel continues. A lot of mid-season movement. Um, TCU announced that they're uh, parting ways with Gary Patterson effective
0: immediately. He's going to be a defensive coordinator somewhere next year. You better believe it. I guarantee it. Uh, he's he's a, not a bad head coach. He's had a good run at TCU. Uh, I, mean, I am surprised that they that they canned him mid-season. That's kind of shocking. But Adam Rittenberg calling it a top-20 position? Really? I don't TCU. Know. I mean, a lot of opportunity there. I, I would
1: say. I mean, the Big Tw- Twelve is completely reconfiguring. I mean they're I, I'm they're, honestly surprised that they made that decision because to me, TCU is probably well positioned to to be a major player in the re you know, the, the reconfigured Big Twelve and, and I don't
0: know. I'm just skeptical about that that the top twenty job. Like that to me, <laughs> to me, Maybe. like there are yep. definitely 20 universities that I would rather work at than than TCU, I'm sure. I'm sure, and maybe they're maybe some years they're ranked in the top twenty. Cool, but in terms of like what's going on behind the scenes, I doubt that it's a top twenty position. Anyway, well,
1: in any case, uh, there'll be another another opening for James Franklin to fill. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Right. We're not gonna we're not gonna talk uh, we're not gonna talk about uh, the coaching carousel much anymore, but sure. um, maybe another time. Uh, so. You know, there you have it. There's your news and notes. Um, You know, we're two thirds of the way through the football season. Things are taking shape, but a lot still left to be uh, discovered and uh, sorted through. So, we'll we'll be with you through all the all the action. Yeah. Um, Speaking of action, it was in fact an action packed. Uh, Penn State Ohio State game and um, we're going to talk about it now and um, I got to say Tom um, I'm a little more interested in talking about this game than I thought I would be going into the weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really did not expect us to be competitive especially after what we saw the last two weeks um, you know between you know our second half collapse uh, at Iowa and uh, just a complete no show against Illinois. I, I just thought it was going to be a bloodbath. It was not. It was a very competitive game.
0: Andy, I came out of, of Zion National Park with a spot of service at, right before kickoff, essentially. And you guys were, you in the text chain, Joel, Cody, Phil, um, <laughs> you guys were all given your, your, and we did not, we did not, um, Give a score prediction on the podcast leading up to this no. game, but but no, we sure do not. give score predictions in that text thread, and uh, uh, I believe uh, Joel was he said what fifty one to seven or fifty one to ten or something like that fifty two to ten or f- I don't I don't remember but it was like he predicted a, an absolute blowout and you yeah predict, I wasn't what, far 42 behind forty two to twenty one absolute blowout
1: 42 to 10 or something like Uh, that that, 38 to 10 i think
0: cody was i think 41 to 21 or something like that and and i don't remember what phil said but the point is i came in uh like a bat out of hell and and i and i said my prediction 24 to 20 penn state wins and we were on track for that at one point in the third quarter that was a possibility and it was looking like we were toe to toe with these guys but you know you you just you, you know, I, I i'm impressed by that just In and of itself, like we hung with them in their own house, shorthanded, banged up quarterback, you know, it's and and they played valiantly with, you know, defensive linemen that were thrust into action against a top five team, a juggernaut in Ohio State, offensive juggernaut. And and while they still scored their points and got their yards, um, we didn't make it easy for them. We didn't know a couple couple of times they broke them. But like, by and large, we were hanging with them
1: yeah I, I mean I I was I mean some of this was expectation setting on my part because you know last thing I wanted was to go into the game feeling like we had a chance and then to get you know blown away and completely utterly demoralized so i, I my expectations were very low and I was pleasantly surprised that in fact we we hung with them and and really until that missed field goal at the very end with a minute and a half left like you know there was no point at which, um you know the game was over and and was it you know it was no longer you know a contest that Penn State had a chance to be in you know there were a couple of times that Penn State was down 10 and we came but came right back and um you know got ourselves uh in the game uh you know there at the end we were down nine points with the ball uh in you know inside their 40 and uh, a minute and a half left and we had it you know we had a chance to 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 get a get a quick score and get the ball back on a you know, onside kick and, and make something crazy happen. So,
0: um, I mean, it was just so, it was just great. I, I felt good for the team in that sense. So Ohio State has won uh, nine of the last eleven, and they're on a five game win streak against us. But but of those last eleven games, really only like two or three of those games were like out of reach for Penn State. All the other games are within like a couple like a, like a couple scores. You know, like Penn State's. Uh, like has an a legitimate chance in the second half to not, you know, to, to, to come back come from behind and win. And or, or, you know, obviously in some of those cases Ohio State came from behind and won. But the point is we play Ohio State. Nobody plays Ohio State better than us over the last decade. No, At least like. in the Big Ten. <laughs> well, right, of course. Um, nobody plays Ohio State as much as we do uh, right. outside right. of Michigan and the other teams in the Big East. But yeah, we, we just play them tough, and I just felt like we were going to have a competitive game against them. I just felt that. I felt that they would you know, rebound from the Illinois game well enough to, to make it respectable. And I know that there's this whole idea of like, yeah, we're on a three-game losing streak now. And, you know, oh, woe is us. And and what are we even going to be able to play for this season? And to be perfectly honest with you, There's a lot to play for this season. Still, like there really is. We have two highly ranked opponents on our schedule coming up. We have four games left. Just like we were 0-5 last year, we had four games left, and guess what they did? They got back on the horse and won four games in a row. And this team has the ability to do that. Obviously, they played. If the team that plays Ohio State comes to play every week moving forward, I think they can win. And especially if they shore up some of these problems that they had in the game, you know, um, blown blown coverages here or there, you know. Uh, hanging on to the football, uh, you know, not throwing off your back foot when you're taking shots oh, offensive line, keeping your quarterback clean in the pocket would be great. Um, maybe getting the running game going somehow or, or full on abandoning it. I don't know, whatever, because Clifford looked pretty good when he was given the chance to throw the darn ball. Yeah.
1: So um, I want to talk about the defense before we get into the offense. Sure. Um, because, you know, I said this to you during the game um, that, that this. Defense was playing at a national championship caliber. Absolutely. And, um, you know, in a lot of ways, it's a shame that this, this defense isn't going to get a chance to, to get on the field uh, against, you know, nationally top level teams. I mean, we will three, the three teams in the big 10 East, but like, you you know, this is an Ohio State team. What what were they averaging like what, 58 points a game? Something yeah, ridiculous a lot. like that. Like <laughs> yeah. like and you, you when you watched Ohio State against some of the teams they've played in the last few weeks, it's almost like they're out there um like they're out there in the mid midweek practice. They're just things are coming to them so easy it's like they're just throwing the ball around in the backyard it was
0: it was almost like they did how- that again today uh, or sorry on Saturday they did they were throwing around like it was the backyard uh, because we couldn't we we couldn't sack Stroud in the pocket so he was I, still I able mean, to get his yards I, I mean I know with that I disagree with that. I mean, we made it difficult for them in at our every coverage. Term. In our coverage, our coverage was good. Our but coverage did, was good, but we also, I mean, look, we did we, not hurry, we did sack we did not hurry or sack him. That's what I'm saying. We did not no, make him hurt. uncomfortable in the pocket. I, I would disagree with that. I'm looking at that. the stats, Andy. I'm looking at I the stats. I
1: understand what the stats are. What I'm saying is, in watching the game, we were moving him around and he had. Uh, a a number of inaccurate passes because of you know um AJ and and um yeah they, and the other the others um Jesse locada I mean they were they were making him uncomfortable even though they weren't getting to him in terms of a sack so I, I mean we well
0: that's the difference, we made it L- look at look, by look, the way we had held the them to Clifford got sacked uh four times in the game and he looked worse when he was throwing the ball uh, on those on those kinds of uh I, plays. I'm not,
1: I'm not trying to compare I'm just, how their defense versus our offense I'm telling you how our versa. us not
0: getting to them is is, is the problem with CJ Stroud not actually being the kind of uncomfortable that Clifford was feeling. You know what I'm saying?
1: Look, we we limited the damage that CJ Stroud was able to do. We held their offense to less than half of the point total than they had been seeing over the last, you know, four or four five games. games. Yeah. So, like, this was a this was a championship-caliber defensive effort. Look at this. Of five red zone trips, we held them to four field goals. Yep. And, and only they, one And touchdown. they made all four of them. <laughs> of the other, right. I mean, right. That's <laughs> good, good for them. And, and you know, that, but that's 12 Needed points. Needed that last block. Needed that's that last 12 block.
0: points yeah. instead of 28 points. Right, we were pr- we were pr- praying for a block six. Oh, we sure a kick, were a kick block six on on the last on the last two probably. And, and we were and, and we were hoping for a pick six at any point in time too. That's just what we needed was to match their defensive touchdown they got. But yeah, I, I get we, I get your point. And, and what here's a, here's the
1: other thing of the other two touchdowns that Ohio State scored, our defense wasn't even on the field for one of them. Yeah, yeah So yeah. so you know we held we had three touchdowns on our offense our offense we held them to three touchdowns. You know, that defensive, that defensive touchdown was really, uh, you know, the big, big, uh, turning, you know, the game, yeah, the, yeah you know um it, stroud only had 300 yards passing he he had almost five you know 500 plus yards each of the last four games or something like that so yeah. so i i just i just want to say like yeah we didn't get to stroud yeah um henderson had 152 yards on the ground but
0: one was on a 68 yard touchdown or uh, sorry run not touchdown run yeah it wasn't Brisker, a touchdown run Brisker got him out in that 2 yard line but they punched it in right after that but none, none, nonetheless like
1: you know, outside of two explosive plays, really, um, you know, Penn State, defense gave a, a tremendous performance against what is, statistically speaking, the number one offense in the, in the country. country. They put our offense in a position
0: to win the game. And I'll say our defensive line actually did a great job against They did them a tremendous over, job. over, over Overall, like, I, when I say that, I, I mean, like, of course, I would rather have all of our starters in there healthy and playing. But with the third and fourth string defensive tackles we got playing in there, I mean, it's pretty remarkable what they have been able to do in, um, you know, given the injuries we've got. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by it. Absolutely. And our linebackers are really coming along, too. They really, really are. Like, Jacobs is starting to look real good. Ellis oh, he had, had a couple some of... real splash plays in that game. Ellis Brooks had a couple of plays where he got blocked to smithereens, but Brandon Smith and Curtis Jacobs have been playing pretty darn good football. Curtis had two tackles for a loss. He looks like he's a, a stud in the making. Um, he kind of looks like it kind of looks like Curtis Jacobs has taken a bigger leap than Brandon Smith is overall at this point I, in the yeah, season. Yeah, at
1: least the last couple of games, it certainly yeah. looks that way. Um, yeah, nonetheless, Brandon Smith had a couple really nice, game, nice plays as well. Um, uh, you know, just overall, was it just a really great defensive – effort on all three levels if yes ohio state had you know 450 yards of total offense yes you know they had 33 points on the scoreboard by the end of the game but you know that was only 26 of those was scored by ohio state's offense it was a trem- tremendous effort they put us in position to win the game
0: if you remove that that Jair brown bad uh angle on on Travion Henderson when when Brisker had to save the day in the three three yard line, J.R. Brown had an amazing game. He had uh, he was second on on the team in total tackles with seven, but he had that incredible uh, fumble recovery that he r- ripped the ball out of uh, Jeremy Ruckers hands if you recall. Yep, yep, that was amazing, amazing play. Um, yeah, you go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say so. So defense put us in the position to win the game, and I would say outside of three egregious mistakes. (laughs) You know, the kind of mistakes you can't make in this type of game. Right. Um, You know, the offense also played well enough to win us the game. All right. We actually, you know, we saw offense that we haven't seen in seven quarters uh, and we saw it for most of the game. Um, We, we had sustained drives in this game. Our three touchdown drives went for 89 yards, 75 yards and 75 yards and they were 13, 12, and 11 plays respectively. Yeah. So uh, consistent.
0: That's Clifford, by the way, dissecting. It, absolutely. It's Clifford absolutely. doing that work because the run game, only it only worked once or twice, essentially. Yeah, right, right. Literally. Right, yeah. Like, I mean, John Lovett, 13 carries, 20 yards long of five. Noah Kane, five rushes for 13 yards with a long of 11, by the way. So he had one carry for 11 yards and then four carries for two yards. So Kevon yeah. Lee, they gave him the ball 3 times one was a long of seven the other two carries went for one yard and one yard one of those being a touchdown run by the way um, right. and then Jahan Dotson he was you know one one carry for two yards for a touchdown so you know Clifford uh, you know was not a major factor in the run game he did pick up a couple first downs for us but you know obviously they weren't trying to run him to to get our our it's not worth it to get our running game going at the expense of our quarterback who's obviously our best player on offense yeah um, speaking of I mean like you know Clifford Clifford's day proves
1: that that at least in in this iteration of the Penn State team, like it really is. We are about team. Clifford, right? We are a As Clifford team. goes, so goes the team. I mean, so we had
0: was, we had and sorry to cut you off, but like we had they, Ohio State with with all their you know talent and 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 you know great quarterback and, and great receivers. They didn't have a player go for over a hundred yards receiving. Clifford threw. Uh, passes to Jahan Dotson and Parker Washington, numbering in 20 total, t- 20 total passes to bo- completed to both those players for a total of 235 yards. So, I mean, those two dudes are bona fide studs against five-star defensive players across the board for Ohio State, you know? so Yeah, and
1: uh, Ke'Andre Lambert-Smith added another four catches for 49 yards. Um, You know, so between the top three receivers there, um, you know, our receivers had a day. Clifford himself, um, he was 35 of 52. 52 passes thrown in that game. 67.3% mm-hmm. um, completion percentage. So, uh, you know, two, th- he completed two thirds of his passes. So a tremendous day, um, 361 yards total in passing with one passing touchdown. Now the
0: and he, had, and he had, he had five of his receivers averaged over 10 yards per catch yeah, as well. So,
1: I mean, you know, and, and, you know, the, we've been talking about Mike Yursich and what's he been doing and what's he been thinking. And, you know, it's, you know, by and large, a really excellent game plan coming in that we could, you know, uh, get that kind of offense against uh, Ohio State just and, and clean
0: it up a little bit more. You know, just just to clean, clean it up, and so again, as. Clifford goes, so goes the team. I mean, but really. When I, when I say clean it up a little bit more, to to be to be clear, yeah, I, I know, I know. Like the, this is idea that like, okay, well, we obviously can't run the ball, but here we are still trying to run it twenty nine times. You know, like twenty nine times, averaging one point one yard per carry. Andy, yeah, one point one. Why bother? So, so it <laughs> it almost feels like why bother, right? You like if, if Clifford's the, the whole team caught 35 passes and each the the average Andy of those passes was 10.3 like so why like if we we already have an offensive line that doesn't run block we have an offensive line that can't even pass block practically you know but but as we watched is if you just factor in these fast um you know, these fast passing plays. That's what has been by far yeah, quick the pass. most quick passes has been by far the most um, productive and, and reliable plays that we have had. And just remove the run game, remove the run game and use, instead of running the ball, have a quick pass play. All right? and that's how you can keep the the defense from pinning their ears back and playing on their toes and always is and always um uh you know blitzing or whatever sending five or six guys at, at Clifford every time you have those quick passing plays that gets you know five to ten yards and then that way they're they're having to drop more players in coverage and then that's when you can give Clifford a little bit more time for a longer developing play get rid of the run man I mean like at this point that what do you have to lose we're three three losses in a row and we it's clear what works and what doesn't (laughs) so yeah so so you know i mean i wow i can't can't believe we actually ran ran the ball was it 29 times you said i mean john Leonard 13 carries noah kane five carries kievon lee three carries Jahan dotson one carries sean clifford seven so that's 29 yeah yeah i mean a total of 33 yards 33 yards 29 carries yeah. Andy, what, what, Penn State running. My whole life, we've been a great rushing team, and it didn't 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 we hear something about Franklin in the week leading up to it, like challenging the the um, the, the aggressiveness of his offensive line? Uh, yeah, I. I mean, Where was I, I, that? <laughs> You know, we had that true
1: and false, true or false question a couple weeks ago. Will we have a hundred right. yard rusher? And and yeah, a, I, no,
0: it's a false. It's going to be a strong false. At it this would need point to be Clifford. Me. It would need to be Clifford.
1: Yeah, probably as
0: as like a scrambling tactic, not a not a design play tactic.
1: Yeah, and it, it is vexing. It's it's really hard to to watch attempting to run the ball that many times. Um, but um uh, we, we're gonna have to we're going to have to cut this rant short because like, you know, the other aside from that ongoing challenge of not being able to run the ball, you know, Clifford put us on the cusp of victory. And it really was Clifford's mistakes. And I, and I hate to say this because, because he had a, he had a heck of a game and, and, and for him to come back and, and, and to be healthy and it was, it was a very gutty performance, but look, he, he had one interception, which led to three points, and then the big one was the is the, the is fumble, fumble
0: lost. You know, how um, could nobody the, tackle him from behind? That guy is like three hundred five pounds or something. That's, well, even even so, because I mean, if you stop that guy, our defense gives us a chance to to stop him in the red zone or you know hold for a field goal or something like yeah, that Yeah
1: it just happened so quick and it just popped right into yeah. the guy's hands yeah, and he was right. already you know 5 yards down the way but but the thing is like and
0: that's o- know, a lot of that keep not keeping a, a lot of
1: that is on the O line is it you know that play just collapsed in half a second but Clifford that ball security man like that should not happen where Clifford's in the pocket he should have two hands on the ball he should be able to, to hang on to that ball as he goes to the ground or, or get rid of it, you know? And, and so, I mean, that's a 10 point swing there, dude. We, we yeah. lost by nine and we gave up 10 on those two turnovers that Sean yeah. Clifford was directly responsible for. Yeah. So, you know, it's unfortunate. I feel that, um, you know, between the Iowa game and this game, you know, our ball security, um, you know, it just hasn't been what it was the first half of the season. It seemed like we had really turned it around and, and um, you know, the, the interceptions and the fumbles have, have come back in a, in a big way in the last
0: uh, two out of the last three games. So, um, yeah, we didn't hold serve uh, going into the fourth quarter either, man. Like we, we, you know, they scored in the fourth quarter. We didn't score in the fourth quarter. That was the only quarter we didn't score any points in. And and like you need to keep to to save the chance of winning. You got to keep pace. You got to hold serve with with a team like Ohio State, especially playing them in the horseshoe. Um, it's tough. It was a tough tough loss. But like I'm telling you, it's not the kind of loss that I I don't see it being the kind of loss that ruins us. Now now, um. <laughs> You know, three losses in a row is brutal, and yeah. it's interesting. And I, we'll get we'll get to Maryland, but it's just interesting this timing of getting Maryland because it was like we last year we lost to Indiana close game, then we lost to Ohio State close game, and then we played Maryland and Maryland. You know, kind of ripped the rug out from underneath us. You know what I mean? They 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 began like the the true slide of last season, in my opinion. Yeah, it Um, was like was like we didn't show. I mean, in in a way, like
1: it felt like we were sleepwalking through the Illinois game a little bit. But like. Illinois didn't have the firepower to actually right, right. You know, yeah, do but, anything. But, but against we played
0: them. all these losses tight, is all I'm saying. Right. All these but, losses but have been tight. But last year,
1: the Maryland game on the heels of that Ohio State game, which yep. which we weren't in to the extent yep. that we were this uh year, but like, you know, that the onslaught just came. It was boom, boom, boom. And it was our yep. defense who had really kind of kept us in it the last yep. the you know, last year, the first two games, defense kept us in it while the offense tried to figure things out. Um you know, the defense kind of had a game where they just sort of uh, completely slept walk through the first half and we, we were m- down Maryland 35. last year, you're saying? Yeah, like, yeah against Maryland last yeah. year. And, and so, like, you know, I guess, uh, you know, we're really going to need to look toward, and and we can't get into
0: Maryland yet, but we're going to need to look toward this I'm just team. starting to do the transition here because I think we need to move forward is all. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah. And I well, wanted to kind of p- – Set the stage for the Maryland talk. I'm just saying, you know, I I, I think that after losing to Ohio State last year, you know, it, I I don't know where the, the team's head was after that Ohio State loss. But, but but I think we played this Ohio State team better this year than we played last year's Ohio State team. I just think oh, yeah. I, I felt like we were a better team Saturday against Ohio State than what we displayed last year. So so I'm feeling. I'm feeling somewhat, and I know we don't talk this this whole moral victory thing. Like I, I know that it's wins and losses, but really there are moral victories. There has to be. There really kind of does have to be, because because if there aren't, then what's the point of ever coming back from a loss?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I right. Mean, yeah, and it, and it, and it, you know
1: it 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 felt like watching that game. You could be proud of this team. Yeah. Um, because they they That's played. why we didn't drop
0: out of the top twenty five.
1: Yeah, exactly. I agree. Um, And it just, you know, it makes you wonder, right? If things had gone a little differently over the last couple of weeks, if, if, you know, Saturday's again had gone a little differently, (laughs) you know, I mean, we were close to, you know, stealing a win. I don't want to say sort of air quotes, you know, but like we were, we were close. We just, we just couldn't quite manage it. I mean, look at our red zone defense, like it's been all season and we had it uh, on Saturday, look at our passing offense, slicing and Dyson. We had it on Saturday and, and our special teams outside of that, uh, final miss field goal of, of punting, you know, pinning them deep, flipping field position, keeping the kicking, you know, their, their return game off the table. Um, you know, they, they had, they had nothing going in special teams, uh, Ohio state, um, you know, so, so I mean, we all those things were on display, and when you put us up against a top five team in Ohio State, you know we had set the table to win. It's just that we, we just didn't quite bring the complete game. We, we. Do
0: you think? Do you think that the Penn State team, the coaches and or the players, overlooked Illinois entirely? Then looking ahead to this Ohio State game, do you think that that? I don't.
1: I don't. I don't know, man. I mean. You know, we talked about it last week with with you know sort of Franklin's propensity to drop two losses in close because succession. of his process. Uh, what you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, process or mentality or his emotional, you know, he's an emotional guy, side guy and he lets his own emotions kind of. Uh, I think his you own know, emotions shut him down when the going gets tough. Right, and and it takes some time to get, to get back. I I I don't know, right, but but. It, was it overlooking Illinois, or was it really more of the you can't pull yourself out of the doldrums from the previous game? But but whatever whatever happened to Illinois, to me, even though we lost against Ohio State, the way we sh- performed on the field showed that we've shaken off that little blip, A- and we should be well positioned. Yeah, are they going to be we able to shake off this, Go- this
0: blip as well? Like I the-
1: feel I feel good about this team going forward, to be
0: honest. But let's—I kind of do too.
1: Let, let's um, let's put a pin in that for a moment. Yeah, yeah. Because um, we do have a mailbag that's going to help us to close out um, our Ohio State conversation. And um, this mailbag is coming again from um, our, our good buddy, Joel Bettner, uh, with another true and false. Um, let's open up the mailbag.
0: Mailbag time. Joel actually sent this uh mailbag in via train. Uh <laughs> So um <laughs> you know, so so Joel, he's our he's our recurring um uh, victim here. Uh he has written in yet again. And I think this is gonna be a, a running theme for the rest of the season. Um until all you find people start writing in as well. Uh, By the so- way, I just wanna say for the record, yeah,
1: every single mailbag entry that we've gotten this season has been read on air. Yeah. Unless, unless so we didn't see it ahead of time. We're a sure so,
0: thing. <laughs> for, for the time being, I mean, if we get sure like, thing.
1: you know, 250 entries, we won't be able to, to do that. But like, you know, if you would like us to, to cover your thoughts or your questions, um, there's a good chance right now that we'll, uh, we'll read them if you send them to us. So uh, that email address again, by the way, is blue and white brothers at gmail.com. But anyway, here's Joel. Go ahead, Tom.
0: Uh, yeah, Joel. To by his own admission, by the way, this is a little long-winded, uh, according to him. So, uh, well, at least October is over. Um, and yes, it is indeed November first. Joel, good, good call. You can read a calendar. The defense proved to be one of the best in the country, but it was overshadowed by the offense being one of the worst. After this month of misery, I'm trying to consider what the future holds, and I've got a double whammy for you. As he does, he got a couple true or falses. So true or false, Andy, Penn State will be a better team next season than it is this season. True. That's it? You're just gonna go true? No, no one sentence version on true?
1: Well well, let's um let's hear the, the next true or false.
0: You want the next true or false? Well, yeah, I
1: think they go as a tandem.
0: Okay, well, so uh <laughs> <laughs> true or false? Ohio State will be a better team next year than they are this year. False. Mm, interesting. That's that's wild. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say Penn State true will be a better team next season than it is this season, and I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to say Ohio State can be better next year than they are this year. I'm going to say true. Ohio State will be a better team next year than they are this year. Now, uh, do you want to give any reasons and factors for for your answers here, Andy? Yeah,
1: my main reason for um, Penn State true is going to be a better team this season than it is next season. Um, is that um, it's going to be Mike Yurcich's second season here? I think the the line um, and um,
0: the the running game will the, get the it. line, the defense or the offense. The, I'm talking about the offense. offensive line is going to be I, better next year. Is it going to be our look, best ever under Franklin? I'm, <laughs>
1: I'm, so I'm going to say that that I'm going to say that one of the main factors with why the line play and the running game has been so bad is because they've had. Three different systems in three years, and it's you know that to me it's the complexity of the modern running game that is that is really catching people, um, including the the line play and the and the running back. So I think with another year in the system, it'll be better. I think our offense will be better next year. Our running game will be better. Um, I think we got a couple of really interesting quarterbacks coming in, and uh, assuming I know it's a big assumption yeah assuming that um, those guys are gonna be ready to play um I, I think we're gonna have a shot at having a, a really good um, offense defensively um
0: y- y- you know Our linebackers I- will be good we'll see about the rest of it uh, Joey Porter Junior will shore up the half of the back side of the you know defensive backfield so yeah i there's mean I that think, it's just I a matter our of safeties, what our defensive line our safeties is,
1: is like. where i have the biggest concern in the defensive yeah. backfield but well jr um,
0: brown will be back you know and he and this is his first year of starting experience i think that he can take that next yeah, week, similar to, to brisker but brisker is going to be gone obviously he's a he practically is a first round draft pick um i think in some ways we'll yeah i think our team is going to look entirely different in a lot of ways but i think that uh brent prize defense can be counted on to be better um uh, and and I and, and I not see better at least as good. Yeah, right or, or close, close. Now, to as far as Ohio State, State being, I think Ohio State's just going to reload, man. I mean, CJ Stroud's going to continue to be there, even though uh, Olave and um, what's the what's the other guy's name uh, Wilson? Wilson, uh, they're probably heading off to the NFL. Maybe both are first round draft picks. Um, but I, I just they just reload, man. They've got some they got players left and right, and they're just coming in. They're probably going to be some freshmen that are just like going to like jump onto the field and be incredible. Um, so yeah, it's going to be I, tough. I,
1: I think that I mean. Is Ohio State likely to be as good? I think, yeah, every yes, year they are. Are they going to be better? I don't know. I mean, uh, I, mean I, I would I not. I think this I, is a down year for them,
0: the way statistically speaking. I don't know. It, I don't know. I, I their mean, defense usually is way better than what they're pr- showing currently. They usually have like a number one draft, you know, potential number one draft pick on the defensive line, if not first rounder. I'm not sure they have one right now. Maybe the loss
1: of their skill position players, in particular, their incredible receivers, is going to be a bigger. Lost than expected. Look at what happened to Trace McSorley when he lost some of his key receivers, yeah. and he wasn't as ne- he wasn't nearly as good his last two seasons as he was his first. Yeah, season. Yeah, without Godwin, lo- it's
0: tough, right? That's
1: what I'm saying, man. Having having a killer
0: Godwin receiver... Godwin just exploded this you know, the other day against New Orleans too. He had 140 yards and a touchdown, I think, or two. But he's he's a stud, a bona fide stud for sure.
1: I, I, I don't know enough about Ohio State to know. You know, who's coming up behind and whether, you know, whether there's someone that's like an Olave and Wilson tandem opportunity next. But, but I, I just, I, my my sense is that when you don't have that, um, it, you know, it's quite possible. And I don't know what they're doing, their, their line situation is going to be like either. But the, I, I think
0: depth-wise – I think depth the, wise, Sorry, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, to me, the. The the level at which Ohio State is playing offense is going to be hard to sustain when you lose players the caliber of a The running and backs Wilson. are
0: going to be around. They're both freshmen though, so they could just uh, it, it, you can lean on your running game until you get these new wide receivers up and going. So uh, I, I mean, I'm not I'm not too I'm not sold that Ohio State's going to be
1: worse. <laughs> I didn't say they're going to be worse. I just said I don't think they're going to be better.
0: All right, so so hopefully we were able to talk Joel off the ledge there. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if that helped or not but but for me this this incoming recruiting class is is going to show up next year uh i think a, a bunch of players are, are enrolling in january and are going to get a jump on their you know experience with with the team uh, in in winter spring and summer so that's 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 uh to me critical for a lot of these guys getting on the field next year and making an impact and, and us getting better next year now now this is how joel put it and we'll move on after this but um uh, uh, what well, did Joe he said he said Penn State he said true or false Penn State. and what did, did he even say he goes this label okay here he goes I'm sorry I found it false he goes <laughs> I'm uh, by the way I'm on a lot of coffee right now and I'm, I'm <laughs> traveling has my head spinning quite a bit so um, he says false with all the veterans we lose after this season I think next year will be labeled a rebuilding year and by the way I think it's possible you can you can say rebuilding while also still getting better because players might be better so this label unfortunately Unfortunately, will be used as a scapegoat for some underwhelming performances. Uh, Joel is, by the way, the uh, ever this skeptic, um, and and I don't think I've ever noticed a time where he hasn't been. So, uh, <laughs> uh, and that's probably I, yeah. <laughs> I
1: and I I can appreciate Joel's perspective there, um, and that that you know there's some risk that um, you know Penn State you know may take a step back in some key areas while we while we work in uh, some new. Um, contributors I kind of tend to think though that you know this coaching staff given the opportunity uh, to have a full coaching year with these new players um, that they'll be ready and i I think that f- the players that are coming in and the fl- the players that are coming up um you know are every bit as good as the players that we've got on the team, I I'm looking forward to the next few years right now, especially yeah. with the likelihood that Mike Gersich is going to be around for. I think another I think I
0: think these next two to three years are are basically going to r- write James Franklin's legacy with Penn State. I, I think mm, uh, I I because I, I think you know the first what is this his seventh or eighth year with us now. He, he started in 2013, right? Is that right or 14? Was it thirteen or fourteen? Fourteen. You're right. Fourteen. So, so next year we'll be going on his. Um, is that the next year will be his eighth year? Right. This is his seventh right now. Yeah. What level of math did you graduate in high school? All right. Moving along here. Um, so, <laughs> no, I just I think that the the first part of this has all been about putting his culture in place and 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 coming out of the doldrums of the sanctions. And now we can know you. We can officially like that. That chapter is long gone, and now it's literally like okay, he is fully immersed in his rotation of recruiting classes, his rotation with his his guys, his players, and like you said, if he keeps if he retains um, this coaching staff for a couple of seasons, like that will tell the tale. If If Yursich indeed was the guy he always wanted it to from the get go before he hired Shiraka, then we will learn if that's if this guy is our guy for the foreseeable future, or if it's just like, all right, we have reached our ceiling with James Franklin. So um, yeah,
1: I mean, I think I think from a um, from a roster perspective, you know, No done anymore. <laughs> well, Franklin's done a tremendous job of of increasing the talent level of Penn State across the board, but there have continued to be a couple of critical areas that have been sort of Achilles' heel mm-hmm. uh, for the last few years. One has been the defensive secondary, and guess what? We're this now one of the best the right now, yeah. right? Um, but from the
0: but, from the JUCO transfer portal of all places, too. Y-
1: you know, credit credit Franklin for getting us the getting us the players that we have oh, and needed, cre-
0: and credit getting Joey Porter. Jr., which is like probably as important as Brisker in our secondary. And he had a
1: tremendous game against Ohio State as well. Um, So, you know, but I think. One of the other critical areas, and you saw this the last cycle. I mean, um, you know, the Franklin's now had two starting quarterbacks in Trace McSorley, um, and you know, but but Trace came in, you know, to Franklin when he was at Vanderbilt. So like Franklin wasn't recruiting a quarterback to Penn State through From you know Vanderbilt. getting Trace McSorley right. <laughs> so his yeah. first Penn State quarterback was Sean Clifford, but of course Sean Clifford was, you know the 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 guy who they put in there after Justin Fields decommitted.
0: Right. So yeah, he wasn't their number one choice. That's a really good point, Andy. Actually that's a great point. Justin so, Fields was going to be his guy. And he would have at, at that point it's like, okay, you go Trace McSorley, then Justin Fields, you've right. elevated the quarterback position at at, at Penn Significantly. State immediately. But here comes comes, by the way, Drew Larr that's what it, I'm saying. Just man. got his fifth star. Like uh, within the last week or two, and and he's being touted in some by two four seven, not the composite, but by two four seven sports. Drew Lar is rated the top quarterback in all of high school nationally right now. So, (laughs) I mean, if if that indeed is true, and he's not some sort of bust situation, and we bring in this five star guy. Uh, you know i mean according to the composite he's the 74th ranked um na- national recruit he is the number 7 quarterback in the country composite rankings so right. numbers and, and we-
1: not every yeah. not every five star recruit you know, ends up having a five star kind of career in college. You know, but, but,
0: but to be clear, but, this guy, this guy is coming in, and and even through these th- two three losses, he is still like hashtagging. We are all over social media. Like he has not wavered in his decision in any way. Like it, it seems to be a firm. Uh, commitment from him. Yeah. At, so at so that's point. what I'm
1: that's what I'm saying though is that like w- one of the key talent deficiencies and this is I, I mean at this point I'm a Sean sure, Clifford I guy. Get it. All right. I'm rooting for Sean Clifford and and he uh, uh, aside from the mistakes that he made with the turnovers he he put us in a position to win that game against Ohio State. So so this is this is nothing against Sean Clifford but y- you know Drew Alar, you know at least by the way that people are talking to him about him right now, would be taking the next step at the most consequential position on the football field for Penn State, potentially putting us in a position to have, you know, a game changer at the position of quarterback for the first time really since, I mean, Kerry Collins or maybe Michael Robinson, you know I mean? Like the, you know, the most athletic, most dynamic Uh, quarterback. Daryl Clark was
0: probably better than than Robinson.
1: I would say. Yeah, just cause but, he had more, but you get what I'm saying, though. I mean, it's it. been 15, yeah, yeah, yeah. 20, 30 years since we've yeah. had someone of this caliber assuming he lives up to expectations. That's true.
0: That's true. So, okay. And then the, the, the third
1: area, of just, just to finish that thought, of, of, of deficiency, I think, has really been on the line, uh, particularly the offensive line. And, um, you know, we just haven't had an Alabama – Clemson prior to this year, you know, kind of you know even Ohio State kind of line that can just sort of keep that highly rated quarterback clean and give him time uh, to do what what needs to be done as well as also by the way, have a bit of a running game to take the pressure off of the passing game. So you know, I, I think I think in a couple of those key areas, Franklin's very close to getting us to the place where we need to be. I, I think the future is bright for Penn State. that's that's my sense.
0: By the way, fun fact fact on Daryl Clark that I just brought up. Uh, Apparently, he was a three star recruit (laughs) and he had a pretty solid career for Penn State. It's shocking. I thought it would have been at least a four star. Uh, And by the way, uh, Drew Allar, uh, as a senior in high school, is almost six foot five and 230 pounds. Yeah. I mean, that's a tower back there, man. That's like
1: a Josh Allen type. That's a big boy.
0: That's a big boy. Um, That's exciting to think of the possibilities moving forward. All right. All hey, right. Thanks well, for writing in, Joel. We appreciate it. Hope, hopefully, the cliff isn't too too far for you to to do a double the, uh, the double backflip uh, flop onto your back. Um, the rest <laughs> of this season and next year. <laughs>
1: Yeah. By the way, last thing I'll just say, um, uh, Joel ends with a a, a nice compliment for uh, Clifford. He says uh, Clifford handled himself like a true man in his post game presser. Um, So um, I I do. I'm a I'm a a fan of Sean Clifford this year. I do hope, um, for no other reason than for Sean's sake, that we have a great next four games and can walk away from the season heads held high. uh, Would have been nice to get a victory at Ohio State, but hey, it's time to look ahead. And
0: we're going we to do that. I don't think we need to. I don't think we need to be on the ledge, really. I just no. I think that there's still opportunities, you know, to for this team moving forward. We're going and the first one, the first opportunity is Maryland uh, in College Park. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So let's talk about Maryland, Andy.
1: Yeah. So this is going to be a, an afternoon game, three thirty game. We're away in College Park. Um, it's going to be broadcast on Fox Sports One. Um, boy, do I hate it when we, <laughs> when we get on these like sub tier, um, networks. Cause uh, you know, to, just, it used to be like, going to
0: be on national TV and it's like every game is on national TV now. Like every single yeah. game. So but, I mean, but uh, fs one, here we are, you know, we probably got, uh, is it going to be Brock Heward? Is he, uh, oh, is he at no, FS1? He's, a, he's,
1: he's their Fox number two. He's not on Fox sports one.
0: Okay. Yeah. So. We'll I, see. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: I, we've avoided Brock Yeward this year, and I'm I'm really for that. But but Brutal. in any case, um, uh, this is the second season. Maryland's been coached by Mike Loxley. Um, he got a win against Penn State in his first season. So you know he and his team are are going to have a sense of belief that they can uh, take the field against us. And boy, would they love to get a victory at home because as you pointed out um, to me earlier, Tom, we have. Owned College Park as Penn State. Oh, yeah, man. The only time Maryland beat us. At home in our thirty-some game series was like back in the nineteen
0: sixties. I, I it's sixty-one. We we lost at, in College Park, twenty-one to seventeen. Other than that, we are forty-three and one against them. And two of their their, their those two of those wins were in two thousand fourteen and last year. So I mean, we have definitely owned them and owned the series. Um, but Mike Loxley in his second year has has, has shown some flashes of, of brilliance and, and was. Especially with Tua Tag, tag of um, he has shown flashes of brilliance as well. But this team has also been uh, shown themselves to be a little two faced as well. They can. It's all dependent upon which team decides to show up uh, with this Maryland Terrapin squad.
1: Yeah. So I, I mean, you know, one of the things that's interesting about this game is that, um, in spite of the fact that that you know Maryland. Um, you know, both historically and also uh, within the season seems to be kind of just down in comparison to Penn state. Nonetheless, Penn state is coming off of, as we said, an entire month of October where, you know, we basically haven't won a game, um, you know, going all the way back to October 2nd. Um, You know, we've shown ourselves susceptible um, for the first time all season to trap games like we showed in Illinois and, you know, That Illinois loss was coming sandwiched between two significant opponents in Iowa and Ohio State and now coming off of uh, an emotional Ohio State game. Can we uh, write the ship? Can we sort of
0: rewrite the script? And um The one script that I need rewritten starting with this game is just our... Like, like I and as much as I just said forget the pass forget the running and go for, go for the pass like if there was one you know if, if there was an opportunity i think like maryland ha- gives us that opportunity to at least try and run it but uh, you know maybe that takes some pressure off of clifford and takes some the, the need for clifford to be taking shots in the backfield i, I don't know but but i mean they they're they're not a team that has done great against the rush defensively so I'm, i think there's like a, a sliver of, of hope if if we can just what really grinds my gears the most about our rushing attack is we haven't decided on one single running back this whole season it's literally been like uh, like a <laughs> what is it when when somebody's bipolar right you know this run this rushing attack is bipolar we don't know which running back's going to get the majority of the carries we don't know which running back's going to get the majority of the yards or which running back's going to get a touchdown it's just like a total question mark um and that's what that, that's 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 when it comes to being like, are we a fraud or are we a competitor? Like if we're going to compete in these next four games, like can, can we get by on just the pass? What do you think, Andy?
1: Well, um, you know, I'd say before we even get to the game plan, it's really about mentality. I think going into this game, I mean, we were so lackluster against Illinois, um, and you asked me what what was the result of that. Were we overlooking Illinois? I, I don't know what the problem was, but like, you know, I do think this is going to need to be a game where we sort of draw a line in the sand and and make a decision about what kind of season we're going to have from here on out, which. I mean, you said the running game's Jekyll and Hyde. I feel like at this point the Penn State team is Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, that's you know the point. first five games we were, we were a team that was focused that that was down to business that played with an edge, a bit of a chip of on our shoulder. You, you know, we were attentive to details. You know, even though the running game really wasn't working for us at that point, it didn't feel like as like it was as. Uh, you know, useless as it does now, and uh, and you know, really all phases of the game, we were all we were playing excellent football, and you know, I think we got to decide whether the last three games is really the identity of this team or were the first five. Well, games. you can't have afford, to get back to that. You first can't afford to look identity.
0: past Maryland like you look no. past no. Illinois. Like no, I mean, because like past you said, anyone is is over.
1: Like you said, uh, you know, last year it was coming off of two heartbreaking losses 2 hard-fought losses and and we just you know we just kind of you know turtled against the <laughs> terrapins <laughs> you know and and they just and they just rolled all over us uh to the yeah. I, did, I mean didn't they get like five
0: touchdowns in the first half against it us was or something bad like that? it was a it was over before i even like opened my eyes from the first blink i was taking
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, and again, like, so Maryland this year, um, you know, overall, I mean, their record is identical to us, bro. They have a five and three overall record, a two and three conference record. We have a bunch of common opponents within the conference at this point with similar outcomes against each of them. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and and they're a team that is like, yeah, they've had some real letdowns against, you know, say Iowa, for example, where they got blown out of the stadium. But they're playing good football, and and you know, they have good defense. They have a playmakers and offense, and we're gonna have to play as the superior team with superior talent, superior effort, superior execution, if we're going to come away with a, a solid victory against them. yeah. So why don't you take us through a little bit about what their team has been doing this year on, on both offense and defense?
0: Um, well, you know, offense, well, let's, go with, uh, eh, let's go with defensively. We'll, we'll start there just because I, I, I have this feeling... That uh, that this could end up being kind of like a, an offensive shootout? I just, I don't know. Something tells me that like Talia and Clifford are just going to be exchanging passing drives. Uh, just that's the way it feels. So let's start with the defense before we get down the rabbit hole of their offense. Um, so Maryland's defense is allowing 30.4 points per game. And uh, by the way, the Penn State offense is uh, averaging 26.3 points per game. Maryland defense allowing 402.5 yards per game, while Penn State Offense is gaining 375.1 yards per game, um, so I feel like our offense actually stacks up pretty good against their defense. I, I don't think that that we should be terribly concerned with what uh, Maryland is doing defensively compared to say what Ohio State does. Um, uh, passing yards allowed, um, they've been allowing 241 and a half yards per game, and our offense has been throwing for 267 per game. They've been allowing that that being um Maryland has been allowing um 161 rushing yards per game, and our uh, rushing offense has been gaining only 108. Really, uh, I'm surprised kinda, it's that much. I, I know <laughs> I would have expected it to be a little bit less than that, under 100 as well. State game like.
1: where we had 240 yards looms large.
0: Yeah, you remove that, and we're definitely under 100 for the season uh, on average. Um, but yeah, so a couple of players on the defense to, to keep track of here. I have no idea how to pronounce his name, uh, Sam. Oh, oh man, I'm going to butcher it. It's Oku Inu. (laughs) Uh, Is that how you pronounce it? Okoyino? Okay, you know? I can't do it, and I'm so sorry for uh, Sam. For, yeah, Sam. So he's a Sam, defensive lineman. defensive lineman. He has five sacks in the season. He leads the team in sacks. He also leads the team, um, uh, leads the defensive line in in tackles. Uh, and you think he's third on the team in tackles uh, with 36 uh, total tackles. Then uh, I, I would say their most productive player on their team that leads the team in tackles and solo tackles is a defensive back, Nick Cross. Um, he has 33 solo tackles, 40 six total tackles uh tied in the tied for the team lead um in uh interceptions as well um their linebackers kind of uh leave a little bit um leave a little bit to uh uh, you know they're, they're kind of un- underperforming unit so i think there's a chance that our tight ends could get going in a, in a game like this um so no one really stands out on that on that team uh in the linebacker department um they the the, the most uh, tackles for a linebacker they've got there is um a guy named um Reuben uh Hippolyte the uh, second or Hippolyte excuse me and he has 30, 30 tackles but you know he has no sacks uh, uh and uh, i don't believe he has any tackles for a loss either um, um, so th- their defense isn't st- uh, too much uh, too much going on for star power, um, but uh, they got some players that could probably give Clifford a-, a run for their money in the backfield on the defensive line, um, including their their second best defensive lineman um, is uh, a guy by the name of Mosiah Nasili Kite, and he has uh, four sacks on the season as well. To, uh, he is second on the team in sacks. Um, but moving on to the offense, um, you know, the Maryland offense is is averaging 29.3 points per game, while PSU's defense is still eighth in the country, uh, allowing only 17 points per game. Uh, Maryland's total offensive yards per game is 431, where PSU is uh, is only allowing 342 yards per game. So a couple of uh, players on the offense to keep uh, an eye on, of course, is our uh, the quarterback for Maryland, Two-Face Talia. Uh, as i i'm i'm coining that phrase <laughs> because you don't know wow. which one's going to show up um he in some games he looks absolutely brilliant in other games he, you just wonder you know what he's doing w- with when he's throwing the ball uh, of course in that io game what do you have like four or five interceptions right right, right. uh so I think there's it was five uh, yeah i think you might be right um he's been sacked 16 times he's thrown eight interceptions so he's he's he's, he's Capable of of making you know some. It's pork.
1: interesting though
0: that the outside of that Iowa game, he's actually.
1: It sounds like he's actually you know had a lot of ball security. Um, the sacks to me, I think is is fascinating, and I, I wonder how our defense is going to be able to. Um, you know, harass him enough. Uh, I I don't know if you. I think you didn't mention it, but he's his percentage completion percentage is seventy yeah, percent. So I mean, for
0: guys throwing almost twenty four hundred yards, seventy uh, percent completion percentage is pretty darn good. And seventeen of his passive passes have gone for touchdowns, uh, and five of those touchdowns have gone to Raheem Jarrett. Now, you know, um, a couple, several weeks ago, Maryland lost their top uh, wide receiver. And they've this They've lost guy, their top two receivers. Yeah, they've too. lost their two top wide receivers. And this guy's really stepped up since then. Um, and, and he's, you know, he's got 400, 463 yards receiving. He's averaging about 15 yards per catch. He has a long of 60. And, I mean, he looks good. He's a threat. He's definitely a threat. And I'm, I look for um, uh, Joey Porter Jr. and uh, Tariq Castro Fields to to really have their their hands full with him. Uh, on Saturday, it's going to be going to be some interesting matchups there in the ba- in the defensive backfield for us. Uh, their running their running game is led by Tayon Fleet Davis. Uh, he's had 399 yards uh, rushing with a 5.1 very respectable 5.1 yards per carry, long of 53, six touchdowns. And this guy is also a threat out of the backfield, catching 200 yards, um, 200 receiving yards with a long of 45 and one one receiving touchdown as well. So those are the, those are your three big boys to be looking out for. Uh, this Maryland offense, but I kind of like the way our defense can stack up against this. I think we're suited to um, hang with a high-flying offense, uh, as as obviously showcased by how we played Ohio State, pretty close.
1: Yeah, um, I, I agree with you, and, and um, uh, you know th- this is going to be another opportunity for our defense to to really um, show that that um, they can make it hard for offenses that. Uh, have a lot of firepower. Um, certainly, keep it we rolling give, after this Ohio um, State
0: game. Really, gotta just like t- take what we did yeah, good I mean, and take what we did well against Ohio State's offense, and you know, keep it rolling. It's another. It's a two. It's our second away game, and our defense was able to travel well. And defense travels, and and I think that that's really going to be the the key to this game. I think is making sure that our defense doesn't like you know give up the big play. Really, is what it is.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I think that um, you know, unlike last year, where our defense just sort of had a, had had major lapses in the passing game, this is going to be a, a game where we can we're going to have to come out with a sense that that we we're going to need to shut down their passing game to play sound uh, defense. I mean, you know, part of what it looks like we did this past game was to play a lot of zone to yeah. keep. Uh, you know to keep uh their you know Ohio State's passing attack from really biting us in, in major ways and w- whatever game plan um, you know Brent pry comes up with it's gonna have to be centered around stopping that that passing attack because um you know talia and and their wide receivers last year just sort of had their way with us the the first half and and you know if that happens and we end up you know trying to play from behind I just I just worry about what what might happen if our offense Tries to start pressing as opposed to like being able to do the take what they give you kind of thing that we've been doing most of the season. I want
0: to see our defense start pressing. I want to see us getting after the quarterback. That's something that we just weren't doing as as effectively against Ohio State as I would have. I'd love to that, see
1: us have like five, six, seven sacks in this game. Uh, you know, and, and, yeah, and, that's what and I'm really saying. make you
0: if you knock uncomfortable around, there. like you send in Jacobs, you send in, you know, Laqueta you know, I, I just I wanna see some uh, tenacity and fierceness and aggression from from our front seven. Um, because I think we have the skill to be able to do that and the defensive backfield to be able to kind of uh allow those guys to be sent without giving up too many big plays, especially Joey Porter Jr. You know, locking down. Uh, he's a he's a lockdown corner more or less, and I think he's only getting better. So, so you know, give it a shot, roll the dice. You know, what do you got to lose at this point? <laughs> you know, get out yeah, the mean, guy.
1: And if you look at our common opponents, um, I would say Penn State on paper is the better team. Absolutely. All right, so we, you know, we've each lost to Ohio State and Iowa. Um, we've each beat Indiana, but right. if you look at how those games turned out, Penn state's performance was, was far superior to, to Maryland. So, uh, against Iowa, they got beat 51 to 14, right. And, mm. and, you know, we, we had a very close, you know, three score game, uh, three point game, um, against Ohio state, they got the doors blown off 66 to 17. Um, whereas, you know, we, we kept it within, uh, you know, within a a six, uh, excuse me, a nine point game, you know, so our defense was able to hold these offenses much better um, than, um, than Maryland was. And our offenses were able to score better against their the common opponent defenses. So uh, similarly, Indiana who beat 24, nothing Maryland beat Indiana uh, 38 to 35, very close game um, gave Indiana a lot more offense and, um, you know, so I just I, I think there's a good chance that that Penn State has what it takes to win this game. The question is, bro, mm. can PSU change their fate? Can Penn State turn the season around? Can they begin to rewrite the script for the second half of the season? And 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 can it start with Maryland? Or are we going to kind of sleepwalk once again and um, and let the narrative of the last narrative of the last Three games sort of continue with lackluster performances.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is it. This is I mean, I'll, I'll, the last three weeks has just felt like a season defining, a rest of the season defining moments are are, are at our doorstep. You know, opportun- Franklin has said, you know, opportunity is knocking. I think opportunity is knocking. You know, right here, right now against Maryland. Can we? Can we write? Uh, you know the 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 brutal humili- humiliation of last year's Maryland stomping of Penn State and can we you know turn the tide and and, and run the table these next four games i mean franklin always says you know one or no one or no maryland 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 uh, but like if if penn state <laughs> wants to salvage your season they got to win this game and they got to be ready to play a competitive michigan game next week a competitive michigan team that's going to be ready to come into Happy Valley and and do what Illinois did to us, you know, catch us off guard or, or just totally humiliate us like Maryland did last year. So this Maryland game, the way we come in with the, with what, whatever our attitude needs to be to 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 beat this Maryland team, I I think the rest of the season is going to be very telling for what for what type of attitude this team has from the from the kickoff uh, on Saturday.
1: Um, yeah, I I agree with you, and and I do think I do think that. This defense is going to I think they're I think they're going to improve a point. Um, I think they're gonna to wanna to come out and and show that, that what Maryland did last year was an aberration, that it was not the way that this is gonna go. I, I think they're gonna to wanna, to, you know, lay down the hammer. Not not unlike maybe, you know, we saw against the Indiana game, you know, where, you know, we had that close game last year and Penn State was just like, uh, the defense was like, "Uh uh-uh, you are not beating us. I I do hope they come out with a sense of, uh, you know, if not vengeance, at least a sense of wanting to prove that last year was a fluke and, and that they can carry the team on their shoulders this year against Maryland.
0: It's also an opportunity for us to win only our second road game of the year you know we what? our first our first game of the season was <laughs> oh our first gosh. road win and our last road win of the season so no you know kidding. we got to we got a really i mean there's there's a lot of things we got to overcome to to get this thing the ship turning back to the right in the right direction um i believe we can do it i do I, re, I actually do i think this is a good game to have i think they better be all hands on deck focused i think they better be you know playing Complementary team football uh, in all phases, uh, obviously minus the running game. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna I'm gonna pop into my score prediction here, Andy. Uh, you know, yeah, I, yeah. What are you thinking for the game, man? You know, I it, the the spread is I think that the is like a Penn State's favored by ten, uh, and I think that's a low number. Uh, I think we should be favored by more personally. Um, I think we will win by more. I, I'm I'm feeling a thirty-five to 14 kind of game i'm thinking 35 14 i'm thinking clifford looks pretty good uh doing it and i i, th- I see dotson getting getting back in the end zone uh, along the way i also think it's uh i think if, you know if i were going to give a bold prediction i say uh Joey porter jr has a pick six.
1: Oh man we're due for something like that we've been yeah we've been longing for for the defense to put points up and and really could have used it against Ohio State i mean that was the game where we needed it right
0: but um yeah i i would take it man I w- I uh, and that. by the way, we were all worried that that Brandon Smith dislocated his shoulder. He came back in the game last last yeah. week, uh, yeah, which is a, a pretty big he, hit. Huge. Well, he he dished he gave a, a pretty big he, hit. Yeah, that he took the brunt of. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, he's going to be critical in in a game like this. You know, having athletic linebackers out there against Italia is going to be really important in coverage and in uh, you know, just tackling him before he scrambles for twenty yards well, every time.
1: I would say, if nothing else, um. Uh, the way our linebacking core has been playing this year, gives me the most hope that um, the defense will be able to handle whatever Maryland throws at them. Our the, the linebackers, linebackers were really clean.
0: They played yeah. clean. Like, I'm sorry, when I say they played clean, I'm saying they were allowed to play clean because the defensive line kept them clean. The linebackers were allowed to move in space because they the the offensive linemen weren't getting off uh, to the second level uh, and blocking the linebackers out of play. Which, well, Except and for passing, once or twice on Brooks. And,
1: and in happened. the passing game last year, I think the linebackers were really badly exploited yeah. Yeah, against Maryland. So, um,
0: what about you Andy? What do you got? What do you got? I I'm
1: I I'm, I'm thinking that Penn State's going to write the ship in more ways than one. I I think it's going to be I think it's going to be 42 to 17. Um Great. You know, <laughs> and, great. and you know, I think we get I think we get a better running performance than we've seen all year. Outside of maybe Ball State, I think that um, I think that Clifford is going to have um, n- not just the the short and medium passing game, but I think he'll finally get a couple of really nice long passes again to Dotson and Parker Washington um, that w- that have been missing recently. And I think our defense is going to pretty effectively shut them down. Uh, I don't know about a defensive. Um, uh, score, but I, I do think that um, that will harass Talia all day, and um, and he and he's just going to have a kind of miserable a, a miserable experience. So um, I, I think it's going to be a convincing forty-two to, 42 to st- 42-17, uh, a statement. All
0: right, was. cool, man. Well, hey, by the way, last little tidbit that I'll share with you guys going back to the Ohio State game, uh, if you can all recall that John Lovett touchdown catch that um, was called back because he was illegally touching the ball. Apparently, the defender came up to John Lovett that, quote-unquote, didn't put, push him out of bounds on that play, came up to John Lovett and said, hey, I did push you out of bounds on that play. That sucks, man. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> So a touchdown that was called back for us that would have been a huge turning point in the game in my opinion um Yeah that would sucks. have been a major
1: turning point obviously <laughs> the refs, and, and the
0: refs were just out of control bad it again, felt it again. felt bad
1: and 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 the, and the, again, not to go down a, a rabbit trail here at the end of the show, but like I, I would, I was, cur- I would be curious to kind of get some official commentary on that quote-unquote snap infraction that we actually fell on. It, it, you know, is that in fact a snap infraction with you know you scoot the ball along the turf, or is that actually a fumble? You know, a, just basically a bad snap because that that we recovered that cleanly and it was oh, yeah, it was another, turned around ugh, right. Stupid. So rabbit. those are the those are the two major. Certainly not a snap
0: infraction at all that is a fumble
1: i mean again i would just love someone in the like uh, officiating world to be able to take a look at that and say no this is this was the right call or that's the wrong call there but but yeah i mean again it's just it's been an interesting season on the officiating side we it feels like every consequential game we've had one or two big calls some sometimes it's it's meant the difference in the game, and sometimes it hasn't. But that major, like, point-shifting, consequential um, plays, you know, going all the way back to the very beginning of the season. um, So... Uh, hopefully that doesn't affect us anymore going forward. I, um, not much you can do about it We'll have it a special
0: episode where we literally just are, are, are airing our grievances. All oh, right? man. We'll call it the airing uh, of grievances. Do we need to have a Festivus? A Festivus <laughs> maybe, for the rest of us. A, that's maybe. after we don't make the Big Ten Championship game and yeah. we're waiting for our, our our bowl selection. We will Sounds have like a Festivus for the rest of us where we that's, have the airing of grievances. <laughs> that's
1: awesome. Great Seinfeld reference for those of you who are not Seinfeld yep. fans. Um, all right. All right quite, man. Quite well,
0: Franklin, let's move on. Yeah, well I
1: think that's it, man. I mean yep. I you know, I, I'm I'm excited that you and I are both have a little bit more of a positive outlook on this team and, uh, and, and we're not
0: sad sour saps.
1: Yeah. And on this, (laughs) on this game going (laughs) forward, um, you know, hopefully it meets our expectations. Um, We'll we'll have to see Uh, again uh, to all of you who are listening. I want to just say thank you for sticking with us. It's been an interesting season. Um, It's been tough to, to kind of lay low for the last three games after flying so high, but um, let's
0: go, let's go high flying again. Let's, let's, let's go four game game high flying, four game high flying.
1: a lot of uh, potentially great football left for Penn State, uh, especially
0: two undefeated. big games undefeated. against top ranked teams. And um, yeah, so so let's dude, let dude, in go there. If you go undefeated to finish this this season out, seriously, you have two yeah. top ten teams on the schedule. You go nine and three. You beat those two top ten teams. I guarantee you, we're at bare minimum, we're ranked fifteenth and are on on track for a pretty solid bowl. Like yeah you yeah if not it, a if not a New Year six then, a, then we could what, end up uh, being the highest ranked three loss team probably at, with those very two. very well are, possible very well, well possible there's so. still excuse me there's still stuff to play for <laughs> <laughs> a little Freudian slip uh, yeah, there's still stuff to play for and, and and this Penn State team can get it done I believe it I do I really do this, yeah. the the Ohio State game was encouraging a lot of ways to me the yep. sky is well, not falling Joel back off the ledge yeah man hang yeah. in there everyone
1: um, we'll see what happens this week um, and we'll be here next Monday to talk all about it but uh, until then bro it always starts
0: with I, love, I you. love you and it ends with I love you it always starts with I love you it always ends with I love you we are Penn State we'll see, see? you guys soon <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Blue and White Brothers. Join us next time for another great episode about Penn State football. Want to make sure you don't miss an episode? Be sure to hit subscribe before you go. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't hesitate to give us a five-star review with overwhelming words of adulation and praise. Good episode. Way to go.
1: It's a family show, dude. (laughs) Yeah, I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner, man.
0: I I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, wow, I don't think I've cursed one time in this whole season. Or last season, for that matter. Okay, hey, I gotta go, man. Uh,
1: Yeah, man, have a good one. We'll talk to you later.
0: All right, I'll talk soon. Bye.